All right, mics are on. Good evening, Space Coast. Space Coast Eats, our very first inaugural podcast. Welcome, welcome. For those tuning in online, uh, certainly we have a, a live stream going on the 321 Flavor uh, group page. And I'm, I'm already hearing, hearing ourselves. All right. <laughs> so in the studio, of course, I have a co-host, beautiful Jillian. Jillian, say hello. Hello, everyone. And, of course, you're all familiar with Susie Leonard um, of Florida Today. She is in the studio as a special guest this episode. So, welcome, welcome. Hey, this is, this is a Space Coast Eats podcast once again, uh, our inaugural show. We've been planning this for a while, right, Jillian? Like, yeah. seems like forever. Yes. And now that we're live, we're just so excited to bring something uh, of, of our culture here on the Space Coast, uh, talking about food, talking about wine, talking about the restaurants, maybe offering some reviews and some objective opinions. And of course, everything's opinion based. So please don't uh, be too harsh to judge us. Uh, we are just simply people who love food and uh, just can talk about food for an hour at a time. So uh, welcome once again. Uh, so Jillian. Yes, Jesse. Tell us what you're doing. Because so, maybe not everybody knows where you're at and, and your position. Uh, I am currently the general manager of the wine cellar in Suntree. We are attached to um, Amici's, the chef's table, and Amici's bakery. And uh, we are a hybrid wine shop and wine bar where you can come hang out and have a great time. Or you can, you know, just pick up some bottles to take home and drink at your own leisure. Oh, and you guys have a club too, right? We also have a wine club. Yeah, I'm a member of the club. You are. So, what's it take to become a member of the club? Uh, it's a monthly subscription. Um, it's there are three different tiers. You can go month to month, or you can. Uh, there's a discount if you do like a six month or twelve month subscription. Oh. Um, yeah, but it's kind of cool because we. Uh, so if you do sign up for the club, then you take a little quiz and it helps me get to know you and what you're into and what you don't like. And then I actually, I pick the, the wines are curated based on everybody's preferences. So like not, it's not like we have like a white and a red sure. and everybody gets the same thing. So it's pretty cool. I think and it's cool. She's pretty awesome at it. She oh, really well. Is. That, well, hi, Laurie. That, hi, Kathy. Well, that's why she's there. Hi, Melinda. So if you're watching on our uh, Space Coast podcast Facebook page or to the 321 Flavor Group, welcome, welcome. Uh, we are taking some uh, questions, I think, a little bit later. Today, we're just going to kind of dive into what, I guess, gets us ticking and excited about food, um, wine, spirits here on the Space Coast. Um, Susie, I think most people are familiar with you. You have a beautiful column that you've been... Uh, uh, responsible for and associated with for a long time. Can you tell us about your kind of history and, and how long you've been on the Space Coast writing? Um, well, I have been on the Space Coast for four years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've, I've been here for quite a while. I, I celebrated the new millennium and oh. in, on the Space Coast. That was my Fantastic. first year here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've been with Florida today since that time, and um, I've work in different parts of the paper but most recently i've been in charge of our food coverage mm. so that's been a lot of fun it's been delicious i've gotten to meet a bunch of wonderful chefs and right. eat at a lot of fabulous restaurants and my latest creation is uh the 321 flavor where brevard eats facebook group which 
everybody's favorite which, which Facebook we sh- group. Yeah, which we shared this uh, think, this stream is to. Is it shared? Is it, is it showing yeah. up on there? I am not yeah, seeing I, it on yeah, there. Yeah, I, I saw, I got a, uh, a push notification saying that you shared something. Okay. Um, I was, I, you know, I'm not the, the technical guru that you are, Jesse, so this is, ah. <laughs> Sounds like that's, someone's volume is that's on. That's not my music. I turn my, <laughs> turn my volume down. It's quite but all right. Yeah, so um, we've uh, we're coming up on nineteen thousand members in 19, the group. Nineteen thousand. And how and how how short of a time did you guys start that group? Um, it's not quite two years old. It'll be two years old in wow. April. So so yeah. so it it, re- it really went like viral. Yes. Like of of all the groups that that I'm in. And that sort of a period is just uh, incredible. And, and engagement, you guys have tons that's, of engagement. That's the thing to me, the engagement. I mean, we have probably 90% of our members either post, comment, or like. Mm. So, the, I mean, that's just crazy engagement. People are passionate about food. They yes, they love their they food. Are. Well, for most people, <laughs> you eat three squares a day. Exactly. So it's always on the mind. Yeah, I was, I was, when I first started covering food, I was talking with one of my doctors, Dr. Larry Bishop. He's mm-hmm. a big food guy, loves, great cook. Big guy or big food no, guy? No, he's a big food guy. He's, food. He, he cycles, so he's not a big guy. But I was, I had a doctor's appointment. I was talking to him, telling him about my new job. And, mm-hmm. I, and I said, you know, I feel kind of silly. You know, we have sports, repo- or we, not sports, we have space reporters mm-hmm. and we have education reporters and environmental. And, and here I'm writing about food. <laughs> and he goes, wait a second, wait a second. He says, what is the one thing that everybody does? Right. And I'm like, you're right. We all eat. So we all eat. And, the and, there's, and there's lots of people coming into the area. And, and that's why um, I think, you know, speaking with Jillian, we thought, you know, there's not a whole lot of people know where to dine. Like, that's one of the biggest questions. Where do I go? I got a party 20. Where do I go? Looking for a dive bar. Where do I go? Looking for a best barbecue. Where do I go? Um, because, again, we're just getting an influx of new and new uh, residents. And people have that age-old question. Where is good? Mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot. Um on the group page as well is that a lot of people saying I just moved here just looking you know for um, you know places to go and that kind of thing and obviously with the growth that we're seeing you know um, in our you know in our town our little, our little area yeah. here um, I think it's really exciting you know I mean I think that you know obviously there's a huge food culture here mm-hmm. and I think you know the flavor month um, really you know uh, was is something that's been so um, what's the one like unifying right like everybody participates you know it's like a thing i mean i know there i know there are people that like make a point to go to like every single restaurant and i think that is really cool and and to mention the culture is kind of huge especially starting like september ish october we you know we uh local theme park here you know to to, to plug epcot has a big food and wine fest which just attracts all kinds of people. People look forward to it all year long. And then we had our own little food and wine fest here in, in Melbourne. Downtown mm-hmm. Melbourne had their own food and wine fest. Uh, Jillian, you were there. I was How'd there. You know, I thought it was a really great event. I've been now able to go as a patron as well as a participant. And mm-hmm. um, as a vendor, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And there are a lot of opportunities as there always are when you're growing an mm-hmm. event like that. I had so much fun as a patron. I mean, truly, like, it was a really good time. And for the most part, everybody was having a good time mm-hmm. around me. You know, I think that if anything, you know, of course, there could have been, you know, some small adjustments made, um, 
that you know are, are like, like I said are understandable right. um, I would hope that moving forward a lot of the restaurants that participate really over plan for the amount of people that come to that because I think that's probably the biggest opportunity um, that I've heard uh, right. from the event so and Am I right to say Kreiderman's won for the third year in a row? Yes, Kreiderman's kills it every yeah. year. You know, I had some amazing right. food there, though. Like the, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, the tacos from Masa. Masa did two different tacos. Yeah, they do great. Um, that was amazing. The I loved um, Boonie Pepper. Boonie Pepper in Merritt Island. I haven't I gone there yet. To oh go. my god, they're I lumpia. So they did like oh my I think like you have five. Never heard of Boonie Pepper? No, no, you have Jesse. to. I, I, it's they're from they're that. from Guam. Know, right? the, so the food is um, that really kind of awesome fusion. Um, but they do lumpia, which is like a kind of like an egg roll, and that is one of my favorite like foods ever. And they yeah. had a bunch of different kinds. They had this great like roasted chicken that they served with a pita. It was really, it was really really good. Like I really want to go. I'm I to make the drive. So sad I missed it. I'll, I'll yeah. go over there with you. Okay. So yeah. how, how many restaurants do you think participate in that? I think it was like forty. 45 yeah. something that's like that. I mean, it's a lot. And, and we'll give a shout out to um, Crush 11 got second. Oh, place. Crush yes. 11. And, and Shay Kwan's got third. And, yeah. you know, Which they both deserve two it. Two of, of my course. favorite places. I mean, I, well, three. Right. Kreiderman's. I, and, you know, when people, this is, I'm, I'm going to jump off, jump off of the, the, <laughs> Do it. The topic. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change channels. Uh, people so ask intense. me all the time. I think one of the one of the wonderful things and one of the scary things about my job is people ask me all the time, "What is your favorite restaurant?" Mm -hmm. And I I can't answer that question. It's kind of unfair. I, well, and it, and I have to tell people it depends. You know, if I want to go out and have a great cocktail, I'm gonna go to Crush Eleven or I'm gonna go to Villa Palma in Cocoa mm -hmm. Village. If I want to just Hang out with my friends. I'm gonna go to Kreiderman's. Right. If I want kind of a fun, funky lunch, I'm gonna go to Shea Kwan's. I mean, exactly. It, it just depends on what if I, if I want to go in the kitchen and start helping. I'm gonna go to Scott's on Fifth. So you know. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Um, so when we talk flavor, do you, and and we're we're judging like say for instance a, a restaurant because I know I'm pretty critical. How do you guys feel about like the ambience? Like when you go to a place and the the mood and the ambience, you know, from the furnishings to even the, even the the music that they're playing. How big is that important of a role when when you guys go out? Do you find like fun festive places with like lights, lots of decor, like Shaquan's, for instance, so all that custom artwork, or do you? I mean, is that, does that matter? I it, it it kind of depends. Okay. Yeah, I think it's situation based, yeah. right? Like. I mean, yeah. Like, if I want to go, like, you know, kind of sit in a divey bar, like, I'm definitely looking for, like, a divey bar. Right. Shout out R.I.P. Bishop's Inn. And <laughs> dive. Oh, and the I, best dive bar ever. And there, there, are, there are dive bars that you go in and your feet stick to the floor. And the, it's kind of great. And, but and you the, still love and, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, but yeah. It's still There's awesome. no judgment in those just, places. Just don't walk barefoot. That's all. Yeah, I, don't yeah. walk barefoot. I think the only thing, the only thing, I mean, and I'm not going to get into health department sure. violations because we just aren't oh, yeah. going to go there. No. But the only thing that really will keep me out of a place that, mm. uh, I mean, I, because there have been a couple of places that I've gone to, the, the food was great, the decor was great, it was too loud. And that oh. makes me feel like somebody's grandma, but if... <laughs> 
I mean, if you are ta- if you are sitting in a restaurant and you mm-hmm. have to, and the person next to you has to yell into your ear. You know so how when you're in a club and the music is really loud yes. and you're trying to talk to your girlfriends and you're like, ah, and your ear starts, and it's like tickling because you're yelling at each other. If, yeah. if you're in a restaurant having to do that, then that's not enjoyable. There's a time me. and place for loud music. So, and, yeah. and I don't mind music. I don't mean, mind lively. I don't mean, you right. know, I don't, but if it's just so loud that I can't hear the person next to me, I... That's not fun for Yeah, me. that's kind of, that, that could be annoying. Um, and I mention that because I feel like, you know, as the show progresses, we're going to be kind of dissecting and diving, you know, kind of um, a little bit more comprehensively into the scene. Um, you know, we'll, we'll discuss, um, uh, th- of course, different bars, uh, different events, and, uh, and certainly the different cuisine that's offered. Um, you know, uh, as far as my opinion with, with decorum and, you know, music. I mean, if I'm eating Italian, I kind of want that solo violinist, you know, white linen tables. You know, I mean, there's just some things that for me, it p- kind of puts the whole thing together. And so, when they bring the sorbet to cleanse your palate. Yes. I mean, that's just such a nice little Hamuz bush, which I think is <laughs> one of the most underrated, uh, you know, um, courses out there. Like, oh, Crush like, 11 kills it. I'm not oh, Crush 11, Fat Snook. Fat oh, Snook. God, yeah. strike me dead. When you walk in Fat and they Snook bring that kills one it with their little. little mm-hmm. It's just like one little spoon, and you're looking at it going, do I eat this or do I just take a picture of <laughs> right. it? Because it's really pretty and tiny. Right. There's so many yeah. people love tiny things. It's like, true. Oh my gosh! Like the little things. tiny, the the tiny cooking videos. Yes. <laughs> those are incredible. There's such a thing. That's so funny. Things. They're they're so satisfying. But yeah, and 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 since I and since I said Crush Eleven because I had them on the brain, I do have to say that it, you really missed like that. Their dish Aww. at Food and Wine was to die for. What like was it, it was. Smoked polenta, um, gochujang, short ribs, and then he did like a pineapple kimchi that was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't make it to Food and Wine this year, and I'm kind of sad about it, but I was in downtown Melbourne as they were setting up, Mm -hmm. and I took my dog Earl, um, (laughs) and we had lunch at... um, the hot dog place. Oh, Mo- mustard. 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 Last stand. Yes. Great. Great we, chain we of. We got to yeah. sit and we could bring the dog and sit out there and that was fun. Yeah, and we're gonna and, and that should be an episode in itself. You know, when and where to bring your, oh. your fur ball. Oh, is that, that, is that a segue? Is, <laughs> is that, that a segue? I know. Is that a segue? Like, do you well, want to hear do, about do, do we want controversy on the first episode already? <laughs> well, we have to talk about it now. My story's running on Thanksgiving. Oh, well, I'm glad we segued. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this did is you, the part of the show. Where you did you see how I did that? Did that was good. That was good. Super, that super felt very clever. natural. I think that. So where else do you take Earl? Um, well, you take him to Osorio. I don't take Earl to a lot of places because he is not always the most socialized dog. Sure. He 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 doesn't always play well with others. But oh, is he a barker? He's, he's he's an only child. He's an only child, <laughs> and he you know he had a he had a sketchy past. Oh, and but a rescue. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, he's a good boy now, and he he behaves much better now. But that's good. He you know, so we we have to be careful. But he he loves to go to Osorio for breakfast because he gets a little bit of egg and 
What dog doesn't love that? Yeah. And I, and I think I used to cycle with, with Larry Bishop when I did cycle. And along one of our routes was Osario's. Osario's. Um, and, you know, for a breakfast, you know, you get a coffee and a pastry or something else oh, there. Oh, they do such a good job there. So good. You know, flavored sodas. All, kind, Island. Yeah, all kinds mm-hmm. of. So, um, yeah. And, and, and speaking of which, you know, Coco Village is, is kind of blowing up. Um, but where to bring dogs on the Space Coast? I know I bring my pooch to Coasters with Beer Garden. Very pooch friendly. Yes. Super, yeah. super dog friendly. Yeah. Uh, that Beer Garden is really cool. Um, I must say, you know, I don't frequent the uh, Coco Village area as much as uh, I'd like to. Uh, my good friends uh, at Dirty Ore Brewery are d- up there, and uh, I know they have an outside seating area where you can bring yeah. a pooch. Uh, you know, a different hey environment. Paul. You know, it's is a brewery, so there's no food. Did you tell Paul from Dirty Ore to listen to us tonight? <laughs> he better be. You better be listening Dad to Paul. Dadgummit, Paul. Um, <laughs> Dirty Ore is very dog-friendly. Most yeah. of the breweries are dog-friendly. Well, yeah, because there's um, no food. Well, I mean, and you used to be able to bring your dog to um, Helen Blazes, but they serve food now, so you can't bring them mm-hmm. inside. Um, most of Cocoa Village is dog-friendly. Pub Americana, Murdoch's, um, Ryan. Yeah, Murdoch's, Murdoch's has a little patio. Yeah, they all have seating, outdoor seating areas where you can bring your dog. you think dog and bone because of the name you would, would be very dog-friendly. You would imagine that they yes, would be dog-friendly there. Dog-friendly. Yeah. But um, so, so do you want to hear about the story that I've been working on? Yes, let's the, do it. Well, the whole the, the thing that I've been, because I do, I, I don't have any two-legged children, so I Earl is my four-legged child. Sure. I, Same I, with me. You yeah. know, he he's when I'm working from home, he sits there on the sofa next to me and every now and then comes and headbutts me. But <laughs> How cute. But I, I have been noticing, and Jillian, you work in restaurant environments. I've been noticing more and more people bringing their animals into the restaurant we're not talking outdoor friendly because you do have to if a restaurant is even if a restaurant's allowing dogs outside Uh they have to have a license for it they have to have they have to apply and get approval through the city to be allowed to do that i see um but more and more people are bringing actually bringing their dogs into the restaurant and um it's it's causing some controversy. It's causing some some issues. But do you feel people are abusing the service dog um, kind of loophole? Well, um, as a journalist, I'm not really <laughs> supposed to, but I can no comment. <laughs> and I can lay out some some facts for you, sure. and then we can kind of discuss how we how we <laughs> feel about this. But there um, there there is a state representative from Orlando, Bruce mm. Anton, who has um, proposed a bill that will go before the state legislature this in, in 2020 that that makes it against the law for people to bring any animal other than a service animal into a restaurant or other place of business. Sure. And um, and I talked to him and I asked him, I said, well, why? It, it's already against the health code. Yeah, it's a health violation. Yeah, it's yeah. a health violation. And he said that he feels like people are abusing the law. Right. And I, I mean, and I talk, I, I, I have a story that's going to be running um, in our Thanksgiving Day paper. It's, I've done a lot of research on it. It's, it's incredible how much you can talk to people about dogs <laughs> and restaurants. But I, I talked to this um, law professor in Michigan who, mm. um, who was kind of an expert in animal law, and he feels like this, that this is coming about. For um, for two or three reasons, mm. one one is because people love their pets, and yeah. more and more people are thinking of their pets as part of the family. Um, another is because of 
this, uh, this confusion about the difference between a service dog, a um, emotional support, emotional support <laughs> animal, and a therapy dog. And these three types of animals serve, they all serve really important purposes, but service dogs are the only, or uh, actually service dogs and miniature horses. Well, and miniature horses. Miniature horses are also approved service dogs, service animals. Really? So, so nothing else is approved as a service animal. Uh, that's and bizarre. Yeah. That sounds very bizarre. Miniature horses and, and dogs. But emotional support animals are covered only under housing. So if you are trying to move into an apartment and your apartment says that no pets are allowed and you need this emotional support animal to help you function, then you can then they have to let you bring your, your animal into to your housing. Certainly. So that's not covered under the ADA for restaurants and things like that you're not allowed to bring your emotional support cat mm. into a restaurant goldfish it's parakeet <laughs> but right. uh, yeah exactly but the restaurants are kind of hobbled in this because they they are only allowed to ask two questions because you know right. you, you don't want to you don't want to embarrass or to do anything inappropriate with someone who actually needs a service animal and yeah, you have to be sensitive to that, and this was that was another thing that this law professor said was, at one time, you know, twenty years ago, people, if someone was disabled and needed a service dog, you could mm. look at them and tell that they were disabled and needed a service dog. Right now, service dogs help people with epilepsy and autism and things that you know. If I look at you, I'm not going to go, dude, you got epilepsy, don't you? Well, right, right. And, and I had a question about that to not to cut you off i apologize no. but um so i had so for like ptsd right, right. Mm. so that's not considered a service animal correct it, it depends you can have a service dog for ptsd but a service dog is trained to do a special a specific a, function. a, specific, a specific function and so as a restaurant you're allowed to ask is this a service dog right and what service does it provide? You can't say, what's your disability? Right. <laughs> I mean, because that's just inappropriate and, and it's insensitive and it's wrong. Right. So that leaves it up to the person as to whether they're going to be honest and tell the truth. And if they're going to, if they're going to buy a vest, I mean, and the a service dog does not have to have a vest. It doesn't have to have a license. It you know, the owner just has to tell you, yes, it's a service dog. It is trained to alert me if I'm about to have a, a right. fit or something. And so the restaurant, then the only recourse they have is if the dog is in the restaurant and is right. not behaving as a service dog should. And there are expectations for a service dog. They're supposed to sit on the floor. They're mm -hmm. not supposed to eat off the table. They're not supposed to be in your lap. They're not supposed right. to be in your purse. So they're not supposed to bark at other patrons. They're right. not supposed to pee on the floor. So if the dog <laughs> right. is doing any of these things, mm. you can then ask it to leave. Right. But yeah. that, that's if, a, such a sticky situation. And yeah. if it you is. do that, then you're going to have people all over the Facebook going, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. So, it's so yeah. it's such a it's such a it's, deeply personal thing for people. I feel like like really people get is. really emotional about it and. I mean, I, I love dogs. I don't have one personally. I have two kids, which is pretty close enough. So that's no, no. Like, that's it's like one dog. It's like one it's dog. Legs. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, 
Um, you know, sometimes they're better than others, but like I, I can't, I see the point that you like, you want your, you want your baby to be with you. Um, but obviously that, uh, doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. So what's the ultimate out? So what's the outcome here? What was, what's your, well, and, and in my, I, I kind of agree. And I, I also talked with a local woman who, um, who is visually impaired and she relies on her service dog see that's and her service dog has been attacked by oh. by pets that people are bringing in going no 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 this is my service dog i mean she has she's had to like she's been shopping in public and she's had to just stop and mm. freeze because there's been a dog at the end of a leash and her dog's face going meow, meow, Right, and I mean, imagine that—that that would just be terrifying. Well, especially and if you're visually impaired, and and that, and that, you know, growing up, that's kind of where you, the only time you would see a service dog is at the hand of someone who's visually impaired. Um, and I mean, I mean, for the quality of life, it really improves, you know, exactly. uh, because you know, otherwise, you know, sticks can only go so far. Um, you know, whereas dogs can pretty much lead you, you know, everywhere you need to go. You know, it's it's, it's like having a you know a set of eyes again. Um, but now, yeah, I think people just have taken it too far, abused whatever privilege uh, they may have been granted earlier, and and like you said, now they're bringing untrained dogs, dogs that really shouldn't be in that kind of environment, and uh, and they're putting other people who are in need of having a true trained service dog. Um, you, you know, you're you're kind of putting them at a discomfort. Well, and it causes two problems for her. One is the danger when, and, and people are just, people will say, oh, well, it just wants to play with you. It just wants to play with your dog. Yeah. And, and she said, think of it this way. You wouldn't go up to someone and say, could I play with your crutches? Right. And, oh, yeah. Wow. And that's, she says, that's you know, analogy, if, somebody, if somebody comes up and wants to pet my dog or play with my dog, and that's another thing, you don't pet a service dog. No. If somebody's sitting there petting the dog, it's not a service dog. Right. Because <laughs> if she's like, if you pet the serv- my dog, it's like you're coming up and petting my face. Yeah. It's, it's like it's you're invi- messing with my eyes. It's very invasive. And yeah. So there's the danger of that from untrained dogs but it's also caused this whole is that really a service dog Mm -hmm. and so she is she's under a lot more scrutiny from business owners who are are iffy about letting her in because they're like is that really a service dog yeah that's well i mean and if i could talk to the to the point of that only as somebody who deals with this from patrons our only goal is to provide a great experience for everybody who's right. there. And so we're definitely like, we're not looking at it like you need to prove to me that you're legitimate and that dog's legitimate. We're looking at it from a perspective of if it's not legitimate and what discomfort it's going to cause to the other guests. Right. right. Like we exactly. would. Yeah. We're never like trying to be like, you know, we don't believe you, but right. I mean, you, you see dogs come in and you're like, there's no way that that is a, a service dog. If it's in the purse, dog. it's not a service dog. Right. right. If it's jumping up and, you know, and, but like, so do you treat service dogs like you do with like canines, like for um, the cop dogs? Like, you know, my kids are, my kids are kids. They'll run up and they'll be like, oh my gosh, you have a dog. And the police officers are like, no, they're working. You know, is that something that, that you do with service dogs as well where like they do have like where they're not working and then they do get to like be pet or is it just a firm rule 
it's um they do get to play occasionally but it's usually if the person is at home and in their safe environment where they don't have to worry about i mean because if you're out with your you know if you're out in public with your dog if somebody's playing with your dog it's like you sitting there with your eyes closed you you're kind of it stops your ability to function so but if you're in your home environment where you know you know where where everything's familiar but the lady that i talked to her dog can never play with a tennis ball oh ever ever is there a reason because if she's walking down the street with the dog and somebody throws a ball the dog can't go oh oh yeah. So Squirrel. it can never play with a tennis ball. Wow. So you need to thank the service pets that you see for their sacrifice because truly exactly. like these right. animals are like giving up, you know, a lot to take care of their people. And that's right. pretty awesome if you think I mean I I guess I've really thought about and, it. And from and that there there are lots of duty kind of, you know, breeds, you know, yeah. breeds that are just dutiful. You know, uh, German Shepherds, like with canine units and, and first responders and law enforcement, you know, the Dalmatians and, and, and others, you know, with the fire department. I mean, it, traditionally, there's always been like dogs that do a certain duty and they love it. They thrive in it. Right. Uh, St. Bernard's, you know, carrying whiskey around their neck or whatever. <laughs> the people stranded in the mountains. Um, no, but but there's like all kinds of duty dogs. And so, yeah, if it's a duty dog, I, I totally get it. You know, it, it's going to thrive. Jesse keeps saying duty. Yeah. Duty. Over and over again. So <laughs> funny. Again. Just so immature. <laughs> <laughs> Only to dirty minds. Everybody else knows what dutiful means. Um, so so to, to, to finish out the, the segment, because I, th- I think we've kind of covered everything regarding uh, canines and uh, cantinas. Uh, <laughs> we can uh, now, like let's let's wrap it up. So, what what is the bottom line? Sh- should should we just tell people zero tolerance, like leave your pets at home? What do you? Or? I mean, are you allowed to give your uh, your opinion? Well, after after all of the research that I have done, um, it is my opinion, and I am going to give an opinion. Sure. I, I kind of agree with this law professor, and it's a, it's a matter of conscience. I mean, if you feel good about lying mm-hmm. about your your pet's credentials right you know it's a social thing yeah don't ruin it for the it's others just a social don't ruin thing. it for the others yeah don't you, you, it you know it's if it if it makes you feel good to mm-hmm. that you are causing problems then, right. <laughs> then you know breaking the law breaking the law yeah then you know there's not much that anybody can do to stop you until your dog bites somebody and if your dog bites somebody when you've faked it as mm-hmm. a service dog oh, then yeah. you are going to be held responsible for that so yeah and that, that's all kinds of liability there exactly you yeah. know but I, but as a, you know being an advocate for the restaurant uh, owners yeah you don't want to marginalize or, or or you know make you know this certain patron as an outcast but you know if if it is pet friendly you know make sure you broadcast that let, let people know you know so there are some places that people know hey i could i could bring i could bring the pups yeah. um and then certainly if you, if you do have a zero tolerance if you don't have a patio space or anything else um and it's strictly indoor environment you know you may want to put a decal on on the door or something else you know just to just to let people know, you know, this isn't a, uh, you know, pet friendly place and, uh, and hopefully people respect that. Yep. So moving on, um, I know, you know, 
being already 30 minutes into our first episode, we've, or, we've already touched a little controversy. I'm sure there's a little hot buttons. <laughs> I, I want to thank the questions yeah. about the dogs. I want I want to thank questions. I want to thank the I've, people. There's a lot of in. conversation about it on the group lately. You'd think so. There has been a lot of conversation. But welcome to all those that are uh, enjoying this uh, this podcast. Again, this is our first episode of Space Coast Eats. And uh, once again, uh, to introduce, we have Susie Leonard and, and, and Jillian Jeffrey. My name is Jesse Hall. Um, and I know we wanted to talk about kind of our background, because even though we have opinions, why does it matter, right? And, and we learned you know, about Susie's um, uh, earlier about, uh, you know, what, what she does and, and, and uh, her contribution to the community so far. Uh, Jillian, we, we kind of touched on what you currently do, uh, but I know you have a very wide and and extenuous uh career Good job. Good job. <laughs> Jillian tell, tell us about like what what brought you here because I, I remember so we met at, at a, a certain establishment um of what almost a decade ago over no it's over? like it's a while 12 years. 12 years we worked together wow I think <laughs> so but then you but then you left and you went to a I really left. popular uh destination that's known for the food so so Take us from from there. Uh, I'm originally from Atlanta. Right. And uh, so I moved back after I was here for a couple years. I was in my early 20s. Right. You know, it's it's hard adjustment coming from that kind of a scene to come to Brevard. Right. Now I would not exchange it being older with kids. I love living here. Right. But um, so anyways, my background is I've, I've kind of grew up in restaurants. My dad was a wholesaler, so I kind of would go with him and. Grew up walking into kitchens, so I sort of idolized chefs from the beginning. And I was originally going to go to culinary school and be a chef. And then, yeah, that was my original, that was my original timeline. Mm. And then I got the opportunity to cook professionally slightly here and there. And I was not very good at it. So, um, but I was really good in the front of the house. And um, the company I worked for in Atlanta, the Buckhead Life Restaurant Group, um, I worked for the Atlanta Fish Market, and they you have to go through this extremely intensive wine training wow. to become a full-fledged server. So once I got through that course, it was just kind of it for me. Right. And um, so that's kind of been my gig for the professional part of my career. I mean, restaurant management, right. wine buyer, you know, doer of things, <laughs> because... <laughs> In this business, it is, um, you know, you're all hands on deck all the time. Yeah. So, you know, whatever your title is, you actually have like 12 hats that you wear. So. And let me just say that yeah. it is not a bad thing to have a friend who's a wine buyer. <laughs> That's right. And I, I, and, and I, I will barter. So I encourage everyone to go out and get a friend who is a wine buyer. Yeah. that's We are good friends to have. And, you know, you'd learn life lessons, right? Like I always yeah. have a wine key in my purse because yes. you always have a wine key. Eventually, somebody's going to ask you to open a bottle of wine and hopefully exactly. share some with you so if i can give anybody advice keep a wine key on you you could just leverage that like i got the wine yeah, key. Like, don't, don't you want to drink it i know i know it's a grand cru bordeaux <laughs> but i get a glass of that little patrus um yeah so that that's that's smart Yes. So you drink wine and, and you know things. I drink wine <laughs> and I know things. That is. What else do we need to know? About right. That? Right. So ha- have you have you gone through any of the the, the sommelier uh, training? I haven't. Um, okay. I was it was something I was working on, but life gets in the way. Of it's course. Also, I mean, you you really like the amount of coursework and study is 
kind of insane. And everybody's like, well, how do you learn? And you really, you learn by tasting. So to take those courses, and that's why you, you have, have to drink to, every day. You have to, to drink every day. And, and, it's, and it sounds fun, you know, and people, when they see me at work and they come in and I'm having meetings with reps, everybody's like, oh my gosh, like, you drink wine for a living. That's so amazing. <laughs> and it really is not that amazing all the time because after you get to like your third meeting of the day and you haven't been able to get any of your actual work done and you've tasted 25 wines and your palate's shot out, like it's right. not glamorous or fun <laughs> yeah people don't, people don't realize you really got to pay attention to that palate like you yeah like you know you just can't you know uh i know with with tasting wine because I, I also took some training you know you, you you smell it like three times before you even put it to your mouth you know and you're going to get the bouquet uh different depths of the bouquet every time you swirl it around take a big whiff swirl it around take a big whiff um and and yeah it's exhausting and so, you know, then you have to like, you know, kind of cl cleanse the palate. You know, you, you'll see like espresso beans or, you know, roasted coffee beans or something like that around just to kind of like, you know, clear all that, that wine because you can only, you know, pick up so many levels of, uh, of flavor and bouquet before you're just like the, the nose just gets like so confused. And so you have to kind of clear it out, reset, and then do that over and over again. It's, it can be exhausting. I've, I've been to some tastings and yeah, I didn't spit. So, oh God! First rule. So I always, you always I remember have the to first spit. half of your tasting. I don't remember the last. Yeah, half. Okay, much. I have a question for you, Jillian. Yes. So, like, if you burn your tongue on pizza, can you <laughs> taste the wine after? Um, I. You know what? I'm gonna go with probably not. I'm, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna go with because when I eat pizza, it's usually the, the top that's you know the cheesy part the greasy part that's that's going to carry the heat the most um and so it's going to be the top palate that gets compromised that little, the little piece the, right the between tongue. your top yeah. two teeth yeah i know oh, yeah. it's like right there and it lasts like for like a whole day well after. you know and you're just always mad at yourself that you didn't wait for the pizza to cool down but who wants like who lukewarm wants pizza, pizza cool? i want like i want the i want the cheese like dripping off yes that's what you're that's what you're there that's for. the experience like let's mm, not joke around gonna pull, gonna pull a slice <laughs> away the cheese pull that's what oh, it's all about you're not kidding but yeah so um another great tip for clearing your palate yeah. if you are tasting a lot of wines or if you're out of wine tasting is if you and it's going to sound funny, but if you smell the inside of your wrist, mm -hmm. it resets your, your it resets your palate also. Right. So if you are just really having a hard time, um, just a quick little. So would people look at you funny if you're. They well, do because I do that, too. Yeah. I learned that a while ago. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. So and it, and it's and it works, you know. Oh, well, well, yeah. Well, does it work? If you the top right there. That'd be OK. I keep Hitting something here. Yeah, you're not supposed to wear a fragrance when you do a wine tasting either. Like, you should. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a good time to smell good or bad. Right. Because you got to get, you got to get all that, all those aromas, all those phenols working. Well, exactly. I have just learned something. Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> any wine questions, any dog questions, um, you know, if you're listening to the replay, and again, people will be able to listen to, the, to this uh, uh, broadcast on the Space Coast Podcast Network. And you can find us on everywhere from Pandora to iHeart to Spotify to Apple Podcasts. Uh, you name it, we're there. So definitely share this with your, your friends if they haven't tuned in and watched it live. If you are watching it live, again, thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us uh, as we go through our inaugural episode. Hi, Angela. Hey, Angela. Shout out. Angela. Who's out there? I'm saying, I'm saying hi to people that said <laughs> hi to me. 
Yeah, and so uh, we want this to be uh, interactive. Um, we definitely encourage uh, all kinds of engagement. So whether you like, you share, comment, ask questions, uh, tell us we're wrong, tell us we're right, give us thumbs up, whatever, you, you know, use emoticons and everything else, whatever you got to do uh, to engage with us. That's great because, you know, we're looking for your feedback. We're going to definitely be uh, exploring all kinds of topics here in the future. Uh, again, so, so much so much to go on. So much food yeah. for a little time. Uh, Jesse. So much, yeah. We've told you about ourselves. But yes, you, I was going to ask. You too. have not <laughs> well, given us any of there. your, you know, what, what's your food cred here? Yeah, so um, I guess it started uh, a millennia ago, it feels like. Um, I think it was circa 99 or 98. I, um, I had a position at Windsor uh, Country Club down in Vero Beach. And I've had other restaurant positions. Like I remember I was at a poultry place in high school and I smelled like roast chicken and it's called cluckers. Nice. And I had, <laughs> the, I had the poultry shears and I had to physically like cut a chicken in half, like all the way through the bones, like the whole backbone. Like <laughs> anyway, my knuckles were like swollen by the end of the night. Like another half chicken. Okay. You don't want a quarter. You don't <laughs> like, I already got like all these other, no, no, I want to have to, <laughs> you know, so you got to, Oh man. It, it, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. And um, but it was good food. And and so I started like real, real young. My parents had a produce store when I was like, you know, in, in elementary school. So I've kind of always been around it. Um, my my parents always like made fantastic homemade um, uh, Italian food. So, you know, I, I did not starve, you know, whatsoever. Um, and, uh, you know, from homemade meatballs, homemade marinara, like my, my dad used to make like, you know, marinara by the gallons and freeze it, you know, for days and, and weeks. Um, so I, I, I was always kind of fascinated with it, always passionate about it. And again, it wasn't until I probably got my first fine dining experience at Windsor Country Club. And uh, I was kind of, you know, brought into the world of wine because that's a big part of it. You know, you hand a menu and a wine list. I uh, wasn't used to that. You know, normally I just point at the board above my head and, uh, and, and so on. And so I think there I found that real, that passion. You know, that's, that's when I started to explore different things and I got to know different things and, you know, how to course uh, a meal properly, you know, how to um, uh, set a table properly, um, uh, all the different varietals of wines and the regions of wines and, and the blends. And, you know, there, there's a so, that's so complex. And, you know, when, when these chefs would, would deliver the dish and they would talk about like some foreign things, you know, the risottos and, and glazes and demi glosses and, you know, all these other things. I was like, OK, you know, just boom, you know, just like every 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 shift that felt like, you know, I was learning something new about cuisine. And and um, yeah, just a passion just ran really th thick for the air. Worked at a couple other country clubs um, when it was Sanctuary in Sanibel. So I, I was always around that fine dining circuit. Um, I actually started here in town. Um, I actually worked at the dish pit at Chart House, put myself through massage school, and, uh, and eventually made myself to the, to the salad bar after six months. So uh, yeah, I have uh, some good memories there, fond memories there. So um, all around town, you know, I, I worked at um, uh, Coco Village with Jillian, uh, Cafe Margot, which is still there, hello Alex, and uh, Mango Tree, which is not there anymore. Uh, that was a lot of fun, uh, a true piano bar, you know, um, best mango margaritas, so delicious. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, so, so I did get around in, in some of the, the, the fine dining areas, um, establishments, you know, here in Brevard County as well. Um, again, worked on cruise ships, worked in some spas down in South Florida. Uh, so, so 
hospitality has always kind of been, you know, a passion of mine. Uh, but certainly being around food is, you know, I mean, it pretty much got me all the way through my 20s, part of my 30s. So it was a long-standing career. Opened up a really cool restaurant over in uh, Fort Myers called Crew. We won all kinds of awards. Uh, we served like the uh, Boston Red Sox because they, they trained down there. And so I, you know, uh, Nomar and 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 Big Poppy and all these other guys would come in after they won the uh, the World Series. I think oh three oh four. Oh, so that's cool. So I was over there. Yeah. So I spent some time on the West Coast, South Florida, and in here. Um, bringing my service and my expertise to diners everywhere and your lovely personality yeah you know one of my <laughs> one of my claims of fame um, I, I served the Duchess and and Duke of York um, I had one table and the maitre d was like that's yours they had security and everything it was very very timid very very you know um, but it was fun it was fun to be around you know whatever kind of royalty or noble that is <laughs> so um yeah so yeah i've had the pleasure of, of uh serving a lot of celebrities a lot of cool people um and just just being around some of the best cuisine some of the best creators of cuisine so great if, chefs if you served royalty yes does that mean that you like the hallmark shows where there's always a princess or a prince <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't happen in my world you know <laughs> But, but at the country clubs I was at, yeah, certainly we, I mean, I, I saw a fair share of uh, celebrities, politicians, you know, big heads of uh, state and, um, and, and corporations. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, and, and, you know, when you gather around food, no matter where you are in society, you know, no matter if you're royalty or uh, peasant class, like, you know, myself was, um, kind of is. So, but we all share that love of food. We, that's a common language. It's a universal language. You know, you can hand somebody a pizza that never had it before, you know, say sub-Saharan African tribe or something. You can bring a pizza and, like, they'll be your best friend. Like, they'll just like, wow, what is this, you know? And you can introduce something new to somebody who's maybe, maybe never had it, and that's always exciting. Like, you've never had this? Well, here, you got to try it, you know? Um, and, and you do that with wine. You do that with food. And so it's just it's, it's, it's an experience. And I think, you know, uh, variety is the spice of life. And if you don't get around and, and try different things, then you're really missing out. You know, not only are you kind of keeping yourself in a little box, but there's so many, there, I mean, and, and, and there's so much out there. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not the, the, who is it, Andy Zimmerman, the guy who like travels all the way around and, and like, you know, uh, oh, Mr. Know. Bourdain. Anyway, oh, you watch all those Bra Bravo and, and yeah, and all those, uh, all those uh, Food Network shows, and you know, you have these guys just traveling all over the place, and they're eating scorpion and all kinds of different exotic foods, and it's like, man, I'm run, I'm, I'm like failing, you know. There's like so much out there. It looks like that I'm just not being able to get, you know. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's uh, lots of opportunity uh, still, even in our own little area, to go out, explore, and find what you like, find out what you don't like, you know, and introduce some food to some people you know yeah, be that person that's, that's one of my pet peeves oh i when somebody tells me they don't like something right it's okay for you to not like something if you've tried it oh yeah and you, you still gotta don't like try it, it. Gotta but try if you've it. never tried something you cannot tell me that you don't like it isn't that annoying it's really annoying 
thing. I'm, you know, I'm going to say, like, it. you Just have to it. say it. I, and I do it. I say that to the kids all the time. Like, have you tried it before? No. Then how do you? It could be the best thing you've ever had. I've had Rocky Mountain oysters. They're pretty good. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I grew up in Louisiana. So, mm. you know, oh, some, yeah. some yeah. good food going Cajun. on there. Oh, yeah. And one of my girlfriends, her, her nephew did not like shrimp. He would not eat shrimp. <sighs> Refused to eat shrimp. And when he was, I don't know, 12, 13, yeah. he tried shrimp. And he was so upset. He says, you mean I could have been eating this all along? Amen. Yeah, and, unless you have an allergy. And, and, and that's another discussion for another day. That is for, yeah. Man, if you're not enjoying shellfish, like, what are you doing? Like, I, that's some of my favorite food. That's something that I just don't understand. I really don't get it. Like, if you don't have an allergy and you right. don't like seafood, I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it has to be because you had a bad experience as a kid, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like, somebody fed you something that was not okay to eat, and that's, and that's that. But right. otherwise, like... Okay, I, what's the one thing you won't eat? Um, the one thing I won't eat, I, you know what I really hate? I hate mint. I hate peppermint. I hate <laughs> like toothpaste ta- is fine. I'll take that as a note. Like mint no, jelly. Mint. You guys, I have totally pulled the, I have an allergy card before <laughs> so that I could swap out like a mint sauce on lamb chops for a, like a Demi. And right. I was like, oh my God, this show's going to kill me. But I was like, I have a mint allergy. <laughs> Can I please trade my sauce? And um, and they did, and it was yeah. delicious. But by, by the way, speaking of mint and lamb, you really only did like that's like old school. That like, was like, to like coat the flavor because the lamb was bad because the like, mutton it was, old. was spoiling. The mutton, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you, so yeah, it was a disguise. It's not. Yeah. It's not a luxurious condiment like. You know, the best lamb, of course, is on a, a you know lollipop shop. You know, that rack of lamb, and it's medium rare, and you just oh, you know, right oh, off the bone. I will always eat lamb every day of the I week. Know. Love it. That's one of Love my it. that's my one of my favorite things at cuisine. Um, in Satellite Beach, I oh, always yeah. I always get the lamb. It's yeah. so good there. Chef Zorn, right? Good Chef guy. Chef Zorn. Chef okay, Z. Jesse, what will you never eat? What won't you eat? Uh, probably like fermented guts. Like you remember that that. Fear Factor. Oh, Fear they Factor. They made those. I mean, there were some things that I was like, oh, it's like, this is for fermented pig feet or whatever. And it's like, Jesus, you know. Uh, no, no. There's some things <laughs> that I, don't, I won't put in my mouth. Um, You know, live, like worms or, you know, live things probably Does that, either. That's not food, though. Like live things. That's just a dare. Yeah. Right. Kind of, <laughs> that's, yeah. just, that's just a dare. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, uh, I am an omnivore. I'm an equal opportunity uh, food, uh, uh, you know, uh, consumer. So there's really nothing that you can put in front of me. In fact, some of my favorite foods are like some of the more obscure. Um, again, having worked with some incredible chefs, you, you, you just got around it. Like, you know, we didn't serve chicken all the time. We served quail. We served peasant. We served ostrich, which is amazing meat. If you like kangaroo filet mignon, one of my favorites kangaroo's too. delicious elk, uh, bison, of course. Um, I mean, there's so many good, Wild boar. I mean, I've had alligator ribs. You know, most people are familiar with alligator tail, but I had alligator ribs. Um, like there's so there's so much good food. Snake, Would you eat a guinea pig? Rabbit. Hmm. If it was cooked properly. Have you ever seen yeah. the pictures of guinea pigs? Where where is but that? I, I feel it's like that's some four year old's pet that I'm eating. No, but it's in South South or Central. Where is it? The guinea pigs are. It's, it's a thing, and I've seen pictures, and it's just. It's a guinea pig sitting on a plate. <laughs> All right, what's yours, Susie? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna think bad of me when I tell you this. Oh, is it seafood? <laughs> no, no, I like I love seafood. I love seafood. I mean, for the most part, I'll eat anything that doesn't eat me first. But <laughs> I don't like lamb. 
I don't. Heartbreaker. I, but, that is a heartbreaker. Not, not, not I, a gyro with the tzatziki sauce. I, not, no, a, not any I get lamb? the I get the um, chicken gyro, which is awesome. Oh, uh, sacrilege. I know, no. So I, I know, right? Somebody's like, "Oh, I got, I got the chicken euro." You're like, "Okay, why did you even go?" And I, well, it's to it's get like extra, it's like a extra, fi- t- yeah. extra tzatziki to dip your fries in. Of yeah, course. Right? it's like a, it's like a chicken Philly. Yeah. I, um, okay, but real quick, because yeah. you said Philly, okay. and because we're talking about euros, <laughs> the f- the Greek food truck on O'Galley, and I know they have another one next to Bear Assets, um, yeah. but B- BA. BA, shout out. Um, but I love those pictures. I swear I'm just at the food. Yeah, right. but so they do a Philly cheesesteak with the gyro meat, and it is like the best. Like every other Philly cheesesteak can just go take a walk because that gyro meat changes the game. And I will put that against Look, anybody. Sounds like we're going to bear assets. Oh, Okay, I'm all right with that. Have a, we have a euro with a view. A euro, a euro. Yeah, dinner and a show. I have been to that food truck at Bear Assets, and it is really good. There's like a there's another one out there too. It's um Ar- Argentine? No, it's some South American cuisine that's not the La Perifida. Like mm-hmm. it's not Mexican, but it is. It looks really good. So not tr- not controversial, but. Uh, Let's segue because you did, you know, mention food trucks. And that's a whole new phenomenon. And we got about eight minutes left of the hour. So let's just kind of crush what our opinions are about food trucks. Um, I'll start. Um, it's cool that they show up like where all the parties are at. Um, City of Rockledge actually just had one. It was called the Food Truck Roundup. And I was the DJ and MC for that. That's, a, that's another life that I live. And, uh, but I've done that a couple, you know, years in a row. And it's, it's for, for me, you know, as long as, there's no food violations, you know, any health violations. I think it's a really cool concept. What do you guys think? I love food trucks. Yeah. Any way to get food to me or <laughs> <laughs> anywhere in my general vicinity is I'm down with. Right. Um, and I think they're fun. You know, like it's it's so much easier when you're not tied down to brick and mortar to really right. be able to express yourself. And I mean, to really do like interesting and cool things. Right. Um, I want a food truck with that would just do egg rolls, just all kinds of different egg rolls. Now you're talking. Don't steal my That's idea, right? If anybody steals my idea, just give me or some, come, give me like ten percent off the top. There you go, Morgan. some royalties. Her I way. gotta talk to a chef this week who's gonna be doing turkey egg rolls with Thanksgiving leftovers. Oh, oh yeah, that's fancy. That's solid. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah, I, w- I worked with a chef who loved to fry everything, so we wrapped sticker bars and egg rolls. We wrapped everything in egg rolls and, and cooked Was it. Was he from the south? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Definitely a southern kind of guy. Um, you know, deep fried Oreos. You know, I mean, he would do everything. Um, but, I mean, but in, in, in the egg roll wrap, you know, it was, it was pretty fantastic. Um, warm, gooey chocolate with a crunchy exterior. Oh, man, so something about it. So, um, yeah, so I like, I like I, you know, food trucks, I think, are a, a really cool thing. I would say to, to most people who are thinking about food trucks or, or, or if they're out there, keep it to, like, a very niche cuisine. Don't try to be everything for everybody. You know, have like just specialize in a couple things, you know. So if you're going to do tacos, just do tacos. You know, don't try to do the burritos and the bowls and chimichangas and everything else, you know, because um, that's where it gets kind of confusing. And, you know, you don't have a whole lot of space on food trucks. So you really have to, uh, you know, be 
you know, uh, kind of allocate that space to, you know, specific ingredients. When you try to be all over the place, it gets a little confusing. Uh, ticket times ring up, and that's kind of like the thing that you just, you just have to deal with. You know, it's, it's going to take a while. You know, just like most kitchens, you know, you don't get it right away. So food trucks aren't necessarily fast food. But I know some of our favorite food trucks just got the brick and mortar. So oh, another uh, d- bearded chef. Yeah, you could drop his name. Yeah, um, I think it's called the Green Room or the Break Room. Break Room over on Palm Bay Road. Yeah. If you haven't been there, over uh, near Harris L three. Yes, yes, Harris or uh, L three Harris. L three um, Harris. Right there, oh. right by R J Conlon. Yeah, R J Conlon is, is is the nearest intersection, and uh, yeah, certainly head over there. Uh, great menu, still great service. You know, except. You know, um, it looks super cute from the pictures. I haven't made it down there. I oh, yeah. I've been there. I've been there twice. Oh, really? And, and Paul and uh, and the boys from Dirty Ore were there for the grand opening. So I was there for the grand opening. Um, they were offering free beer. So it was like beer and a sandwich and everything. You know, it was, it was great. Bunch of a um, bunch of the Harris guys were, were there, you know, already, you know, um, giving them some patronage. Uh, <coughs> but I also but also FM Pizza. They got the, the oh, old yeah. bank store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's so that they, going? I haven't been there yet either. I'm pretty still good. out of the loop. So when you could go from a, a food truck and do it successfully and then get brick and mortar, I think that's pretty cool. As, yeah. long, as long as you don't lose one to, you know, and sacrifice for the other. Because I, I really think the Beard Chef and FF Pizza would be remiss to just abandon you know, that really good following that they had. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, honestly, a food truck is a great way to start a restaurant and you can recoup. I mean, you can make your money back in the first year, which is really difficult to do a brick and mortar. Um, But food trucks, you know, you can you can have a little bit more profitability. So if it's, you know, for people who are like maybe thinking about opening a restaurant, which don't like (laughs) just don't like unless you know what you're doing, just like just invest in one and be a silent partner. That's what I say. It's a lot of work. But that being said, you know, a food truck is a nice way to kind of figure out if it's going to work and you're not going to lose lose your shirt. That's so, so funny. So to speak. Uh, my buddy Steve uh, chimed in. I want to invent a food truck that can fly. That's really cool. Yeah, fly city to city. City to city, LOL. Um, I think you should just invent a truck that can fly and then yeah. we'll, we'll add the food. We'll or maybe just a helicopter to just drop pallets of food or something. You know, just a... Just a pop-up kitchen like bam <laughs> was, it, was it parks and rec that used to have they had the episode with the drones dropping stuff <laughs> down just get get a droned over well no do you remember that since it's almost thanksgiving yeah the wkrp episode are y'all too young for i that? remember wkrp is Cincinnati. but do you remember the episode no. No. where no. the weather guy oh my gosh this is you you have to go home and youtube it uh, we're getting homework, we have homework. Yes, yeah. you, this is your homework kids um <laughs> no the weather guy they they decided they were gonna do this um for thanksgiving they were gonna throw out turkeys and oh, out of the helicopter! Out of the helicopter, and oh, they were throwing that out like a Jill idea. They were like, throwing out live turkeys, and they couldn't fly. Oh, <laughs> I, I do remember. that. That and rings a bell. That's very hilarious. sad. <laughs> it's carnage. That's actually a really sad, a really sad episode. That was a that was one of. I the, do no. It's all coming back. That <laughs> oh, I remember that 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 little squirmy like reporter guy. Yes, like, the, the, yeah, was forget, he the weather guy? I, I think he was the weather guy. Yeah, I forget his. I forget his name. And he had the uh, office with no walls that he taped on the. <laughs> yes. I, I had one of those in college. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're rounding up, um, Thanksgiving 
is next Thursday. So we're going to try to continue this every Thursday at 530. So please tune in every week, except next week because it's a holiday. Because we will be eating lots of green bean casserole. And pineapple casserole. And, and cuppa, cuppa, cuppa. And cuppa, cuppa, cuppa. Ooh, I've never heard of these. Oh, Susie's pineapple casserole. I'm cuppa, cuppa, cuppa. So... Cup of cup of cup of. Um, it's a heart attack. And a big old pot of turkey, leftover turkey gumbo Ooh. on Friday. Turkey I will take gumbo? some of that when you come to pick up your wine. Deep fried or roasted? I'm, I I like both. I have to go like deep both. fried tends to be juicier, but my I had an ex-boyfriend whose mom would flip the bird and cook it upside down because mm. she swore it made it like super moist. And I do remember being very moist. So maybe that's something that we should try out. I do the deep fried mm. for one very important reason. Oh. Well, actually, two very important reasons. Sure. It frees up the oven so yeah. I can bake my bread and my pineapple casserole and all, and my pies and all Good the remedy, things. yeah. And it also involves fire. Which so is always fun. Fire. All <laughs> the men go outside yes. and do that. Oh, there's fire. So yeah. all the men go outside so they're not standing behind you going, what are you cooking? What are mm-hmm. you doing? Is it and done yet? Eating, is it and done eating yet? over your shoulder. Yes. Like, please just let me put so it on a plate. It, so it frees up the oven, and it gets the men out of the kitchen. Gotcha. I love you, honey. You can <laughs> stay in the kitchen So I, I want to plug, um, <laughs> I'll be announcing for the, the Cocoa Beach Turkey Trot. Uh, right there on the yeah it's like fifth year i've been doing it they we raise money for the coco beach high school cross country and track and field teams um but there's a division there where you could as a team carry a 20 pound frozen turkey so you you find you know you and three other people so you know it's teams of four and you all either can carry it you know together and i've seen them use like bed sheets and other things or you could just kind of um hold on to it like a football or some even put them in like a backpack and then they share the backpack you know it's a 5k 3.1 miles uh but it's a really cool division it's a really cool uh local um uh tradition you know so for for those who haven't thought about signing up i think it's going to be great weather and it's a great tradition you know pilgrims indians it's I think 2,500 runners strong, so it's it's always a good time. So that's all I'll be doing my turkey uh, day. How do you guys celebrate? You guys have any plans? I'm actually we're I, I didn't think we were going to, but yeah. my parents decided that we're going to do the big shebang, so we're going oh. there. I was going to go out to dinner. I was right. kind of looking forward to it, honestly. <laughs> right. But we're gonna yeah we're gonna cook there and and do the whole classic thing and and it should be. I'm really looking forward to so it. So are cool. you going back to Atlanta then? Oh no, my or parents live here. Are your parents oh live yeah, here? yeah yeah okay. yeah. What well, about you? You're doing the whole I thing. I am. Well, I I usually do the whole thing at my house, but this year, um, I my sisters, both of my sisters who live in Texas, and two of my cousins, one lives in Alabama, one lives up in the Panhandle. We are all meeting up at Lake Martin. Oh, nice! Which is in Alabama, near Auburn, where you go, and we're going go to. Dogs. They're going to be like 25 of us. And two cabins for four days. Oh, jealous! And yeah, that sounds we amazing. May or may not still like each other at the end of it, but we most most assuredly will be hung over and well fed. <laughs> That's all anyone can yes. hope for. Yeah, I mean football and turkey sandwiches. The Macy's and, Day Parade. Yeah, I mean, yes, and my the men are going golfing, and oh, yeah. we've already been talking about rum chata shots, and I mm. mean, it, the stuff's going down. Okay, very last poll. Coquito or eggnog? Oh, I just, I get, I get the whole thing about right. the fresh ingredients in eggnog. Right, it tastes like like stirred eggs to me. Like I can't, I can't do it. Coquito all the way. Yeah, I love. Um, I'm an eggnog guy. How about you, Susie? I can I not have both? You can't have both. Yeah, ding ding ding. That's both. the best answer. I need them both. 
Oh, that's right. awesome. Hey, guys, thanks so much. I uh, really hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and more to come. Again, we're going to take a hiatus for the holiday out of respect for Turkey Day. Les Nessman. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> yes, Les Nessman. <laughs> thank, thank you, Linda. You. Thank you, Linda. And uh, with, with that, thank you, Susie. Thank you, Jillian. Thank I, you, Jesse. I, thank you, Jesse. You guys have a good time. Happy it was fun. This was fun. Did you guys have a good time? I really hope so. Uh, Till next time, probably in December. So, right? Yeah, the next first Thursday? week in December. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. My calendar. Yeah, where's the calendar? So, yeah. So, we, we'll, see, we'll see you in December. December 5th. December, see 5th. In December 5th. Oh, my goodness. Until then, we love you. Take care.